You're listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody. Did you know that physical clutter can also clutter up our minds? Not to mention the dust that's cluttering up our bodies, but lack of space is not the cause of clutter. Disorganization results in 80% of the clutter in most of our homes, and the average home getting rid of clutter eliminates 40% of housework. 40%, I am definitely down for that. Plus, most of us only use 20% of what we own. It's time to get rid of stuff. It's time to declutter and it's time to become, if you're not going to become a total minimalist, become more minimalistic about your life and watch your life and your health change. So in the last two episodes, we heard from experts about the power of detoxing our homes. So in this final episode of this three-part series, we are going to talk about decluttering and minimalizing. Minimizing? What's the right word? Minimizing. First up, we've got Kimberly Vanderbeek. She shares her tips for decluttering, how to clean your air in your home with plants, because Plants heal just like food heals, and she's sharing her top tips to thrive. Then I'm chatting with Janice McQueen, and she shares that her secret to everything she does in her life, her secret to getting clarity in her life is decluttering, and she talks about how she does it. And then finally, we've got Michael and Masha. They are the authors of The Minimalist Vegan, a simple manifesto on why to live with less stuff and more compassion. And I hope you're enjoying this series and it is encouraging you to detox and declutter. I just did the most healing, massive decluttering. I went into every single room of my house. And look, This took time. I would do like one room over a period of days, right? And I would clean, I would declutter, and I wouldn't leave the room. I wouldn't go to another room and start working on another drawer. It was room by room by room. And my house feels so much lighter. My physical body now feels so much lighter. I got rid of a ton of clothes that I didn't need anymore. I got rid of all of these like business cards and things I didn't even know I was holding on to, right? All of a sudden, I was like in these drawers and I don't know when (laughs) they got so cluttery, you know? But clearing that out feels so good. So I'm really excited about today's episode and I hope that it inspires you to be minimalistic about your purchases and to declutter one drawer at a time. Roll it, Roxy. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. So I also know that you're a big proponent of doing everything green. And you taught me a lot about how to green your home and how to buy and use more green products. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So I really do believe that less is more. Uh, If you start thinking about having quality things over the amount of things that you have, you might be spending a little more money on something, but maybe you won't be buying something else and it balances itself out. These things will last longer, probably fulfill you more, 
and uh, also little adjustments like we don't have paper towels in the house we switch to microfiber microfiber cloths so much more effective at cleaning up spills um reusable snack bags uh mason jars lunch containers for your leftovers um all these things are really easy and they just take a little adjustment um shopping on the flea market at the flea market on ebay those are just a few little tips overall being conscious about everything they're good that you're purchasing Mm -hmm. you bring something into your home and it becomes a part of your home so did you really have to take the flyer did you really have to take the business card no you could photograph the business card then you're going to have the the number you're not going to lose the number you're not going to waste the paper did you need the flyer write down the website on your notepad on your phone you know, it's just little things like that. And you find that you're looking around, there's less clutter in your life and you feel har- more harmonious and it's not, you know, so annoying to have all that junk around. Well, I mean, I- I'm still cleaning up my life after, you know, shifting my consciousness and really trying to get better. There's this amazing book by Marie Kondo and the Japanese art of tidying up or the magical something of tidying up, but it's incredible. That's the book. My husband got me that book for Valentine's Day and I was offended. And it was a magical art of tidying up. Yes. Yes, but it was because, not because of the book, but because of the title and he was insinuating that it was messy. That was very <laughs> And it was Valentine's Day. I wouldn't even care. I know I'm more messy than you, Mike, but it was for Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's okay. Day. Don't tell me how messy so, you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That is not an appropriate Valentine's Day gift. <laughs> but you. if you follow the gift, then you can invite the energy of love into your house yes. because you are not surrounded by junk. It's only things you love. <laughs> and she actually talks to you about you hold something and you get into a place of, you know, quiet or whatever. And, and you start, she starts you off with your closet where it's easier and then moves you through this thing. And eventually at the end, you get to the sentimental objects. So, you know, once you've exercised this muscle, but you, you hold something. Does this bring me joy? No, it doesn't. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Yep. If, if it doesn't, send it farewell and thank it for the time that it's been in your house. I have another book by Karen Kingston. There's two books and mm-hmm. they're both phenomenal. They changed my life. I'm and writing it down. One is called Clear Your Clutter with Feng Shui. And I forget what the other one is called, but it's basically the same principle. Once you get the stuff out of your life, the emotions go with it. So if you're holding on to any sort of toxic emotion that's also attached to an object, you get rid of the object, it gets rid of the emotion. It's so healing and so powerful. And for me, losing both my parents and then having to go through all their stuff, this hit home because mm-hmm, I yeah. was like I can't get rid of anything mm-hmm. this is their life I can't do it and you know I read those books three times before I was okay with it mm-hmm. and now I have a few key items but everything is gone and I'm totally fine you know I that totally hits a nerve with me because my mom she wasn't a hoarder but she was an over she shopped for clothes to feel better mm. and so by the time she passed away she just had I'm not joking, like six closets, double <laughs> closets full of clothing. And it wow. was up to me as her daughter to go through it. And it took many, and this is bad, I had to fly back to New York to do this, and it took many trips back to do that. Yeah. And I, with each time I had to remind myself, she's, I love my mom, she's not in the clothes. Yeah. Wow. No matter what, like I, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep a few things that remind me of her, but she's not in yeah. the clothes. And I just got to let it go. Yeah, it's, the thing is not... It's really hard when you start attaching emotions to physical objects. There's a lot of power in being free of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a beautiful title to the book. I'm in a beautiful concept. I'm going to get that because I love feng shui as well. 
Yeah, it's yeah. really great. She has two books, and they're both great. And I want to read the one you guys were talking about, too. So It's beyond, and she really gets into it. It's very spiritual, her book. Yeah. I really think you should read it. I will. Yeah, I it's do, fantastic. You, you can understand what I was yeah. first. I was she just got like, it on the Valentine's <laughs> Day. She has an aversion. Okay. Give me some freaking chocolates and pick me some flowers. Call it a day. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but also, exactly. I think I started to flip through it because, I again, like, I'm not – I my grandmother was a hoarder. Like, bad. And she came from war-torn Europe, you know, escaping communism. And, like, I remember growing up, going to her house where she had those kind of bedrooms full of newspapers or full of tapestries or full of... She she was actually at least a high-end hoarder. She bought expensive (laughs) European paintings and china and porcelain. and But nevertheless, she was a hoarder. And and it had an indelible effect on myself and my cousin and my brother where it's... We're just very aware of that. We're like, we... We don't want to become that, you know. Yeah. That's that's. So it so, hit a nerve. When it hit, it hit a nerve. It. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but I remember I started to flip through it. Is it this the same book where she suggested taking all of your closet and putting it in one pile? Yes. Yeah. That's it's it. really fantastic. Did you do it? I did. Yeah. And everybody that came over to my house after that said, "Whoa, your closet looks amazing." And you know what? I enjoy getting dressed more in the morning. I can see my options can see my shoes everything's clean I, I don't have it filled with the things I don't wear I don't mm-hmm. have it filled with the things that are you know needing some sort of adjustment it's just mm-hmm. all wearable all things I love that's it mm-hmm. no more no more no less mm-hmm. all right I'm cleaning this closet tonight <laughs> <laughs> you can't see how bad it is it's all up here all back there you have more clothes than my husband I have more clothes than my husband <laughs> Well, I hope I have more clothes than a boy. <laughs> I don't know. James says I'm not going to call him out too much, but he has a lot of clothes. But, you know, he goes to photo shoots and he comes home with clothes and then he yeah. gets clothes sent to him. And there's so many clothes. But he's always very good, actually, about giving away most of them. So That's good. Yeah. yeah. He probably gets a lot of free stuff. Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Do they give free stuff to the wife? Sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes the wife does. The kids, no, they're the ones. Yeah, the kids should get everything. Oh, man, the kids get a lot. All right, Food Heals Nation, I'm here with Tina Anderson from Just Thrive Health. So in the past two years, we're really seeing the number of people affected by things like celiac disease and wheat allergies and sensitivities and gluten allergies and sensitivities. This is on the rise. It's rising quickly and dramatically. So if we're trying to reduce our gluten intake, what can we do to support a gluten-free or a gluten-light diet? And why is that so important when it comes to healing our gut as well? Yeah, um, great question, Allison. And I think the important thing is that there's actually not one person out there that doesn't have some sensitivity to gluten. Even though we th- we don't notice it outwardly, we know that gluten is actually um, very offensive to our gut lining, which causes you know a lot of problems for people in the first place. So I would definitely encourage people to eat as gluten-free as possible. Um, and then another great solution would be to take our Gluten Away, Just Thrive's Gluten Away product, which has a really, really key enzyme in it called Tolerase G. And this enzyme actually breaks down, it cuts the gluten molecules down in the stomach before it ever even gets to the intestines um, into like non-toxic levels. So um, we definitely would recommend um, that you take it before a meal. And it's a it's just a great product to have on hand. It's not a replacement. I would never tell people to take it 
and, and then just go ahead and eat gluten. It's more to take it in case of that accidental exposure to gluten, which if you have celiac could be very, you know, it could it could be deadly even if you have some, you know, exposure to gluten. Right. Okay. So it's not an excuse to eat gluten, but it's kind of something that you can do when that may occur. I appreciate that very much. And I know it's so important for the healing of our gut. So Food Heals Nation, you can check this out at justthrivehealth.com. Get your gluten away on and use the coupon code FOODHEALS15. You'll save 15% off. Thanks, Tina. Thank you, Allison. All right, Food Heals Nation, we're back with Kimberly Vanderbeek, who's here to tell you her top 10 tips to thrive. So uh, for me, the first one is either start getting a farm box or make room for the farmer's market in your life. And I find this to be really fantastic because playing around with local foods and meeting farmers or you know getting acquainted is really cool for your kids if you have them it's really cool for you and I just find myself being introduced to new sorts of vegetables and fun ways to make them so that I think is my first tip my second tip is to pot an air cleaning plant NASA did this study how can we keep the air clean in these tight chambers and they found that there are some plants that are really incredibly effective at cleansing different chemicals in the air. I mean, there's even a plant that helps clean fecal matter out of the air. Throw that in your wow. bathroom. I mean, well, if you have dogs and stuff too. Phenomenal. Well, listen, anytime anybody farts, I'm sorry, but <laughs> you might as well have a plant cleaning up the mess of that. So <laughs> the best book that I found that sums up this study and is very user-friendly on what the best plants will be for your house is called How to Grow Fresh Air. So How to Grow Fresh Air. You don't really need the book. I think it's fantastic. You could also just look online, air cleaning plants, and see which ones you think are beautiful and easy to maintain and put those in your house. They're incredible. That Even in dry great. climates like this, yeah, there's plants that will help add moisture to your air. My third tip is keep your friends close. And the reason I have this tip is um, just seeing the research that a friend of mine did on something he calls the blue zones and the areas where people live to be over 100 and, and thriving. And his name is Dan Butner, and he did a beautiful TED Talk um, on how to live to be 100. And one of the biggest things was, you know, this foundation of friends and how I've seen that apply to my own life is I know that when I'm setting my husband off to have guy nights and I'm having girls come over for girl nights our relationship does better and for a few reasons they are not the burden of all the information in your life they are not you know with with girlfriends or with your guy friends you get out some of that you don't put everything on your spouse or your partner and I just I find it to be so fundamental, you know, just to have really close relationships. Um, it makes so much sense because there are certain things that you can tell your husband or your boyfriend and they'll resonate and they'll get it and they'll say, okay, I can help you with this. And certain things where they're like, I am lost. I don't know what to say and I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. And that's the stuff that goes to your girlfriends. Exactly. <laughs> and nor should they have to. Yeah. If you have the right group of friends, you're laughing together, you're crying together, you're loving each other and you know say one of you has money you all have money one of you has an issue you all have this issue you come together and you work it out the fourth thing is um switching out some of your things in life so 
for for switch outs just see what you have in your life that could be switched to something better and make sure that you're donating or you know whatever it is that you're getting rid of but I recommend switching out your candles to beeswax candles beeswax candles and um create negative ions so they actually attract positive ions which are debris and mildew and things like that and they negate it so it actually they also clean your air beeswax candles yeah we don't know but a lot of times our air can be toxic so this is another way besides the plants to clean our air yes i you know and i really should have started that with that too indoor air quality is about three to five times worse than outside depending on where you're living and it really takes a toll on your immune system and you can read more about that in the nasa study as well but obviously in order to thrive we need to be feeling our best and some people don't even know that they're not feeling their best until they start feeling their best and the thing is is let's say that someone has taken the steps to add more exercise change their diet whatever and they're Mm -hmm. like i feel better but i don't feel amazing maybe it's your air quality Mm -hmm. you never know yeah it could be you don't know so you have to keep if you try a little bit of everything and you get rid of these toxins then you're going to feel a lot better a lot of people are healing asthma and allergies with food adjustments and and cleaning their air up just little adjustments that make big impacts Uh, an air cleaning plant can really clean up your air the right one in 24 hours the next thing that i recommend switching out are room sprays in your bathroom on your linen sprays anything that you have to make the air smell good including candles obviously um switch those out and use aromatherapy oils with water and you know not only is this nurturing you on so many levels but it's not putting toxic stuff into your air that takes me to my third one and all the toxic cleaners in your house really start taking out those toxic cleaners a lot of them uh, can be switched to just simply white vinegar if you have a special countertop that is marble or something you know you can look for a natural cleaner online and there's lots of resources for that but that will really contribute to fresh air in your house and also it really if you're if you're cleaning with white vinegar and lemon and things like that and I also use eucalyptus oil and tea tree oil in my cleaning which you know they're disinfectants then you're going to find you're saving a lot of money as well because these things are a lot cheaper so and you're in your cleaning cabinet looks beautiful i have a i have clear glass spray bottles that i have with white vinegar and essential oils and my house smells great my cleaning area looks nice and you know why not no i totally agree it's so funny because i was at a massage appointment in this really nice hotel super spa experience everything organic everything lovely music playing got my massage and when we were done we were paying and I was standing next to where the products were that they displayed the products and all of a sudden the spray hit me hit me straight in the eye and I was like what just happened and I smelled this like really really strong scent and the woman behind the counter said oh no go wash out your eye And I'm thinking, what just happened here? And she's like, oh, it's our air freshener. But it's really chemically laden and super toxic. So go wash it off of your body. Oh, my God. And I was thinking, first of all, you know it's toxic. You know it's full of chemicals because you just told me, but yet you still have it in your spa. And second of all, has this happened to people all the time? Because as soon as it happened, she knew what happened. And she was like, (laughs) go, run. Oh, my goodness. So it was just an interesting experience because I agree with you. I don't have any types of... um, false 
you know, plugins or scents in my home because I just feel like it's completely unnatural, full of chemicals. And then she just confirmed it for me in a healing environment such Mm -hmm. as a massage therapy spa. So anyways, it was just an interesting thing that Maybe they need to listen to the podcast. Maybe they don't know. I'm going to send it to them. Maybe they didn't even think about it. Yeah. You know, and that's what my goal is actually is to just get people conscious and to just get people thinking about these things because you know I wasn't thinking about these things earlier I used to use the glad and the Clorox and everything else and you know what and to whatever a degree it works for you too. like start smaller if you need to even though I think a complete overhaul is really and Marie Kondo would agree a complete overall is the key to like actually starting that kind of lifestyle but if you need to start smaller just start smaller so my other thing number five adventure outdoors get outside get the sunshine go kayaking go on a hike go find a hot spring nearby go walk barefoot in the grass nearest you you know any of those things go pick flowers wildflowers go do something to be in nature and reconnect and get in touch with your soul and do it with your kids do it with your friends do it by yourself just really if, if you're not getting outside and you're finding yourself a little depressed I really believe that one of the biggest ways to help yourself is to just get outside and 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 make it an adventure you know it could be really simple or it could be something more unique like I was telling you earlier today we're finding out that my husband actually has for a four-day weekend so we are like okay road trip let's get outside let's you know take our potty breaks and turn them into hikes with the kids and lift up leaves and find mushrooms and you know discover rivers and just go venture a lot of fun that's great yeah make some magic and like reconnecting with nature I feel like some people think that's like some hippie thing to do but it's really changing the energy by connecting with the earth right yeah so you're absorbing the energy that you're not getting when you're inside and our bodies need that our bodies were not meant to be indoors at all times (laughs) my sixth one eat fermented foods and take your probiotics because this is really really vital to the well-being of your digestive of your digestive tract and i believe that's also key to your overall health yes it's really important to be able to digest your nutrients and turn them into you know all the good stuff i even have my four-year-old daughter swallowing these probiotics in the evening there's a little bit of debate with some people over whether you take it in the morning on an empty stomach or if you take it in the evening I do whenever I remember it, and that works for me. Fermented foods like raw sauerkraut and kimchi and things like that are also amazing. So it's just a real important thing to add into your diet if you're not doing it already. I do the same thing. I take the probiotic when I remember it, but it does make a difference. Like sure. I've seen the health benefits. A lot of times your sugar cravings kind of calm down too. If you're somebody that really craves sugar a lot, I go through my spurts of really needing sugar and I find that, oh, I'm not being consistent with my probiotic. I get consistent and I find it dropping a bit. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, I didn't know that because I have sugar cravings. So yeah. maybe next time I'll just pop a probiotic and see how I feel. <laughs> it's not immediate. You have to be consistent. <laughs> oh, <That's> man. <laughs> pop a pill. Um, number seven. Uh, we talked about this a lot before, but I think it's worth just putting into my list of 10 things that I think will help you thrive is... Um, with everything in life just get your information and trust your intuition one information two intuition 
information, intuition. I love information, that. intuition, everything. It works for everything. Mm-hmm. And um, in your fights, if you're really listening to your intuition, maybe it means you need to shut up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you just you and, and and if you need to speak up and you need to, you know, then you'll know. But you have to get really in touch with your intuition, and it's a skill that you build over time. Um, my eighth one is talking about getting information and in, in intuition make sure that preventative medicine is on the list of things that you're informing yourself about and even if you are into preventative medicine and I think it's funny we call it preventative because alternative medicine is usually preventative but um, even if you're well educated there's probably a few interesting things that maybe you haven't tried along the way so um, whether it's acupuncture or going to a naturopathic doctor doing muscle testing energy testing I don't know anything holistic that is really preventing you from getting sick I really don't like the band-aid effect where we go to the doctor after we have a problem we put a band-aid on it or a pill on it and then we hope it goes away or we stop the pain even though our body is still having the issue well that's not solving the issue and my goal for people is to stop having to solve issues and start you know start preventing them so that we can again thrive um absolutely Kimberly mm -hmm. like you just summed up the reason that Susie and I are here doing this podcast Mm -hmm. right because we want people to know that because we had to discover that I had no idea Susie actually had more awareness than I did because she grew up in a family who had vitamins and you know did a lot of preventative measures measures I didn't and so I was like Olivia being force-fed vitamins in <laughs> pulverized form and liquid form. So you know, yeah. she's actually totally into it. She loves it because I was so proud of her when I first saw her swallow a pill. She is really into she's taking She's at stuff. four? I, well, I, wow. I, I swallowed one in front of her and I said, do you think you could do this? And she goes, yeah. And she took it and she did it. And Joshua tried and he that's, couldn't. So I'm yeah. like, whatever. When he feels yeah. like he no, can, he'll No, that's great. Try. I just had such a problem with it. But like that was, I was raised like, that's what we do. Yeah, that's, that's what, what we what do. That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> well, Again, very important. And uh, even what you do, just massage. Like if you're not a person that goes and gets massages, the power of touch, the power of waking up your body in different ways. You could probably say don't do it while you're sick. But, you know, it's really good preventative Depends medicine. on the sickness. Okay, yeah. exactly. I'm yeah. not the massage therapist, but that, that would be an interesting podcast. <laughs> when can you get a massage? When can you not? My ninth one is sleep well now this is something that i probably haven't done in five years because i have kids well you had three in a row i had three in a row and i really would love to sleep well but i do have some tips for you to sleep well because i used to have insomnia and then i became a good sleeper so um you know if you're starting to take care of your food and making good decisions that i find to be very helpful but aside from that just physical things that you can do harvard did this amazing study on how blue light affects our sleep so put your screens away a couple hours before bedtime if you can. And at the very least, do not invite them into your bedroom. And if you have to invite them into your bedroom, put them on airplane mode and do not look at them. And if you wake up to go to the bathroom, do not look at it. It really throws off your sleeping cycle. Any blue light at all i'm really upset because my um humidifier has this blue light on it whenever it's actually going and so i had to take it out of my room no blue light um what if you sleep with a sleep mask great 
then it's all black. No, that's what I do, but I have a fan light, just like you're talking about. But I do not sleep with cell phones, and I try to do, you know, what you're saying is have mm-hmm. the cell phone um, not with me in bed or near bedtime, but sometimes, you know, you're working and you have to check that email. Yeah. So for me, the only solution I have is when I go to bed, the phone is out of the room and I have the sleep mask on so it's black because I feel like there's so much powerful energy in sleeping in the darkest room possible for yes. me personally no oh, there's actually yeah. studies on that it's true and if I didn't have kids I would probably sleep with one or make sure it's pitch pitch black but I do so I need a tiny bit of light yeah um but you know if you really do need to check your email I actually have a pair of glasses for that that have orange lenses so it takes away the blue my brother-in-law will wear them to the movies but I think it skews the I think it skews the the movie a little too much the coloration but he's an incredible healer and he refuses to let it impede upon his life blue light <laughs> we'll have to talk about that in a yeah, future podcast yeah he should do a podcast yeah Jared Vanderbeek he's incredible yeah um so nine sleep well ten this is gonna get into your email situation off days are off days Put your phone away. Don't talk about work. Don't check an email. Don't do it. Everybody needs an off day to thrive. You have to have an off day. Even if your work is your passion, you have to have a day where you are just being present with the people you love or with yourself and just taking a break from it all. I would love to say once a week if you can, and I know that is so impossible for some people, but do it when you can. When you have an off day, have an off day. Don't be texting all your friends and trying to catch up with them. If you want to catch up with them, do it in person. Just have those days where it's off. Well, it sounds like it's like catch up with yourself. Check in inside. Yeah. What's going on? And you can, and some people actually do that better with friends. I mean, it, it just depends on who you are, but... The point is, is that you're not working. Well, they've done studies too where that if you're always working, if you're always available mentally to your work, whether that be through your phone, in an office, on a computer, you're actually being less productive because you're not taking the time to recharge. And they've proven that. Exactly. No, companies thrive when people have off days. I just did this. um, I was inspired to give this information based off of uh, the speech I just heard on how to organize your business. And off days were so important to thriving. The, for the growth of the company, for the growth of your well-being, for the growth of everybody. Mm-hmm. So those are my 10 tips. I love them. Um, back to what you were saying, one of my clients has every other Friday off. Uh-huh. And since that happened, everyone there is much more happy because they have a three-day weekend every other week. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I mean, if every business in America could do that, things could really shift. Yeah. Because during the time that they're on, they're more productive and they're happier because they know they can take that long three-day vacation or an yeah. extra day with the kids where, you know, their significant other has a break. What ends up happening, I think, is that you end up being more present. So on your off day, you're more present with having an off day. If you don't have any off time, you try fitting it into your work time. You're checking your phone more. You're getting online more. You're having more conversations because naturally we need it. But when you're 50% present with whatever you're doing, you are not thriving and you're not productive so absolutely makes sense to me can i do a bonus absolutely please do (laughs) my bonus tip was inspired to me 
today i arrived to this podcast i was told it was going to be at 8 p.m and i showed up at 7 p.m and it's not because i'm an overachiever actually it's because i didn't slow down enough in my day and listen to the cues i was running out the door i was with my kids all day and i like maybe too much with them i didn't have a moment to myself i wasn't really thinking i was half checking my emails and you know exactly like the tip that i just said you know you have to have this off time so i knew i was coming here today and i should have really scheduled it for a different day today should have been an off day but i got this tip that happened to me to slow down because i was running out the door and i slipped Mm. and i fell so hard and my elbow still hurts and I you know that was a sign from the universe slow down you don't know what you're doing actually you have an hour right now yeah and I just like take the little tips from the universe if you become open to them and if you slow down you can get in touch with those things and I just think it's really important and I'm telling you guys and myself at the same time all of these tips but you know that one applies to today Absolutely. And, you know, every time that we've met in the past, not for the podcast, but for the other project we're working on, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which maybe we'll tell you about in a future podcast. But, um, you know, you've always come to the meetings with a very calm, on-time presence. And so to have you come early today was a big surprise to me because I was like, did I mess this up? Did I come (laughs) at the wrong time? And then I started panicking because I had someone else in the studio and then come to realize like, oh, Kimberly had a rush day and I don't see you that way. So it was just kind of humanize you a little bit. Yeah, no, (laughs) and not so much. It's funny. I didn't have so much a rush day, but I had a rushed evening. It was like I was trying to feed all the kids and get everything done and you know make sure I'm super present with them so that I could leave and I always carry a little mommy guilt with me and it's something that you really have to let go of again because taking care of yourself and having that off time is going to help you be a better parent Mm -hmm. and I know this but it doesn't stop it all the way. (laughs) (laughs) All right Food Heals Nation I hope you enjoyed that clip from our interview with Kimberly Vanderbeek another one from back in the days when we recorded in the Food Heals podcast studio in LA with my co-host Susie Hardy. If you want to listen to the full episode you have to go all the way back to episode six of Food Heals. That's right. Kimberly was an OG and yet her advice stands the test of time. All right, Food Heals Nation, I'm here hanging out with May Steigler. You know her. She's the CEO of Organifi. So May, what is it that sets Organifi products apart, let's say, from other products out there on the market? Something I love to highlight is the clinically backed key ingredient in each of our adaptogen blends. So we take a lot of time to focus on doing the research and science backing to ensure that customers and our community and ourselves and our families, everyone taking our products will feel the felt benefit of that uh, product that hopefully they're incorporating every day. So I'll focus on green juice. It was the first product we made and and one of my, my absolute favorites, having 600 milligrams of ashwagandha. There's amazing clinical research on this to support balancing cortisol levels. And that's just a master hormone that Uh, has cascading benefit across sleep, across digestion, across uh, mood, and just hormone regulation in general. Also specifically weight loss and detoxing and the body's ability to manage a healthy weight. So some really great research behind it. And it's a key product that I'd suggest starting with. It's kind of 
is definitely not your everyday green juice. And mm -hmm. the core ingredients and the products and, and kind of our product suite is definitely set apart by the research-backed ingredients for the benefits. And I'd definitely recommend folks start with the green juice to try it out and make that part of their daily routine. Absolutely. Well, I love that you have two flavors as well. You have the mint, the classic, and then you've also got the crisp green apple, which maybe that one's seasonal? No, it, it's actually just new. It, we're we're way, way late to the party. It took us like seven years to make an alternate flavor of our green juice, mainly because the mint ah. was, was such, a, such a success. But I absolutely love the crisp apple. It's much more of a like a lighter, sweeter version where the mint's like kind of crisp and refreshing. The crisp apple is very light and sweet. So really nice flavors. I adore the new flavor actually a lot. Got it. Well, I like both. Lily, my puppy, likes both. I mix them in with her dog food every so meal. Good. And she goes, bananas. It's not something, <laughs> there are supplements I've tried to give my dog and the dogs are like, absolutely not. Get out of my face with this. And with Organifi, she licks it all up. She craves it. So I think that's a really <laughs> powerful testament to the flavors, not being like some of, of the other greens on the market. I'll just say that don't taste so great. Um, so thank you, May, for letting us know about that. Food Heals Nation, go check out the greens and all the amazing other Organifi products over at Organifi shop.com slash food heals and you'll save 20% off your order. May, so great to have you here. See you next time. Thank you so much. Next up, my interview with Janice McQueen on the power of decluttering. My expertise is helping others find their mission in life and their mission statement. I primarily focus on interview skills mm -hmm. and styling and that comes with all ages, because it's different based on the age that you are. Some girls are teens when they started or young girls. My main focus is an adult competitor. So I help deep dive into their interview skills and what they want to do and how to speak and how to pre present on stage. So I help with those types of skills. And that really also parlays into public speaking, which of course is important. And I'm a facilitator in my everyday life and a trainer. So I've been innately gifted with those skills. And so I help people find their inner truth and in speaking from their authentic self, because that's where it comes from. So becoming a coach really does come from your expertise. Maybe you're an expert in fitness. Maybe you're an expert in beauty. Maybe you're an expert in how to start a podcast or like me, maybe you're an expert in finding your authentic authentic voice. And that's what I help you find. And then you can use that to win a pageant, get a job, speak in front of others. And that's what I do in addition to building that resume. It's such a beautiful mission, Janice. And I know we're, our paths are in such alignment and I just love what you do. Do you think that coaching is something that can be learned or do you think you have to have it in you? That's a, a tough question. I think that we're all destined to become who we're supposed to be. I don't think coaching is for everybody. I've met many a coach and sometimes they follow sort of a pattern or a script, so to speak, in coaching. And that doesn't work, not in the long mm -hmm. run. I think that you have to have that in your, your DNA and your soul yeah. to be yeah. able to help others. Just honestly, just, just being honest about it. And not everybody has the same gift. And that's one of the things that I'm really good at is finding people's gifts. And Beautiful. I happen to be one of those that can do that. And I'm, I'm honest with my clients. I can tell them to their face what they're capable of doing and what they're not capable of doing. It doesn't mean that they can't dream and believe, 
but there's limitations and you find it when you start working where your gifts lie. And Mm -hmm. that's what I do. I help you find your gift. And sometimes that is an aha moment for so many people and free gives them freedom. Absolutely. And it's Mm -hmm. only all you're doing as a facilitator is reflecting back to them what they already know inherently inside, but there aren't, Mm -hmm. sometimes you're not able to access it yourself. So getting a coach can help you see something right. that might've been right in front of you for a long time, you know, absolutely. And I have, you know, I have coaches, I'm part of your rise and bloom and at a calibrated group and your ability to help mentor me is something that I cannot do for myself. So we have to reach out to people to help us. I have a fitness coach that when I need help, Mm-hmm. And I need that next level help. I reach out to her. So we all have our our course in life, and we need to help those who need that help, and also stay in our course and grow and develop that course. Because I truly believe if you if you work where you're supposed to work, you become the best that you can be at that. And that's a hard yeah. thing to learn. I've always been. Um, a jack of all trades and a master of none. But mm-hmm. as of late, especially since the first of the year, I realized where I master and that yeah. is helping others. And um, how do you discover what you master? Well, I went through something that I really highly recommend and that is decluttering your life. You, uh, I'm doing you know, that right now. <laughs> you go girl. It, it's something I truly believe in. I have started decluttering. I've been decluttering for about six months now and I'm at my, my last stage. I do it in cycles and I, I recommend mm-hmm. doing that. And I think I'm on my fifth cycle and I might even do another one, but you've got to go through everything that you own and everything mm-hmm. that you cherish and you have to look at it and see if it brings you not only the joy, but it mm-hmm. brings you a purpose and yeah. you decide whether it stays or it goes. Does it go to, and I believe in it going to someone that needs it yeah. and you give it to someone that needs it. You donate to someone that needs it. And then you move on. You don't feel sadness with that because you let it go. And by decluttering everything in your life, especially your possessions, and realize what's important to you, you also realize what's important to you. You know, you start so to evolve as a person. And there's there's good loss and there's bad loss. We, you and I, have both suffered bad loss, but there's also good loss when you let go of things and no longer serve you as a person. They're just cluttering your life. And if you can declutter those worldly possessions, you, you are then able to understand what your purpose in life is. And I've evolved through that the last six, I'm going in my seventh month. So I started the first of the year and I can really tell a huge difference in my effectiveness with other people, my effectiveness with where I want to go in my life. And that led me to my podcast and launching that and feeling really good about everything that I've done and what I plan to do. I love this. And I'm so excited that that created space for you. And I've experienced the same thing. I think when we're, when our homes are cluttered, then our minds are cluttered. If our computers are cluttered, our minds are cluttered. So it's like, clean up your digital space, clean up your physical space. I've been doing a major, not really renovation, but I've been changing out my rooms and my closets and mixing things up. And in doing that process, you find a lot of old boxes that you're like, oh yeah, what's yeah. in here? And it can be emotional to go through those things. And I was actually having quite a hard time. And my friend Karina came over and A, she's really good at this and B, she cares about me. So she was like, we're going to get this done. And she made me take out everything. We cleaned out one closet and I had to take out everything, put it in a category and then either 
it was a place for everything and everything in its place or get rid of it. So if there was no place for it, it had to go. And I could create a place for it, but was that going to take away space from something that I needed more of? So we were asking ourselves these questions. Plus, like you said, does it bring you joy? You know, is it, does it have a purpose? And so doing that exercise, it's very powerful. And I was crying at some points because I was releasing some stored emotions, but all, every time we cry and let go, we're opening up space for a new energy to come in. So I think that that is such an important topic to, to cover. And if you're currently in your life and you feel stuck, it's like, go declutter a drawer, see how you feel. It might hurt at first, but then it's going to feel great. <laughs> it does. It, it does hurt quite a bit, especially when you're going through old photos or, and I do the same thing. I'm taking all my photos and I'm having them scanned and putting them on my computer so that mm-hmm. I have less like stuff and yeah. also rest- helps restore them and keeps them so that they are good memories and great memories of your past without keeping that space of clutter in your home. But it is hard. It's very hard, but you learn, you really do learn what's important to you. And then I would add a step further in that when you do buy something, because we are all consumers and we, you know, who doesn't love to buy something? It brings us joy. Retail therapy. Hello. I love shopping. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it needs to be something you need. I don't buy anything until I actually need it. And that has helped me so much with decision-making because I go in, I'm like, do I need this? Do I not need it? If I don't need it, then I'm like, I'll let it go. And then that's great because it allows me opportunity for other things in my life. Because again, I'm not adding to my space. I'm just continuing that phase of declutter, but also simplification, which really helps me grow creatively. I love that so much. All right, let's move on to the podcast. Tell us about that, how you started. What did you do to find your interviewees, gain listeners? Take us through that process. Well, it started, well, originally it started with, I had a Mm co-host and we had an idea that we really wanted to talk about aging gracefully yeah. For whatever reason that just did not work out, it's it's tough when you're scheduling and you're on different coasts. And and yeah, totally. you know, she's one of my best friends, and she's an upcoming co-host in my future podcast. And she's actually interviewing me, so it's pretty cool. Um, awesome. Yeah, I know. And she has her own TV show, so it was sort of hard, you know. And I and I realized that that was a message to me that I needed to do my own thing. So what really spoke to me is more than then aging gracefully was really talking about inner beauty and inner beauty meant everything from whether you're a teen or a 90 year old and you're trying to figure out what it is you want to do in life or how you can evolve as a person and how you can be more beautiful inside and out and what you can do to affect change in the world to be, you know, not only a beautiful person outwardly, but a beautiful person inside. That's what sort of spoke to me and it happened organically. So I started developing that and, you know, I'll be honest, I reached out to social media to, to garner different names and Beauty Call yeah. Podcast came out because I wanted to be funny because I'm really, you know, <laughs> very tongue in cheek and Beauty Call <laughs> is very much like Booty Call. <laughs> so I got a few laughs from everybody and that always makes me happy when I make people laugh. But then I thought beauty call, I'm really calling upon others to find their inner beauty, which is what mm. spoke to me. So that's where that evolved, Beauty Call Podcast. And then I love from that. there, thank you. And then from there, I reached out to my my inner circle and my social media circle. 
And those who wanted to speak about beauty tips, who wanted to speak about makeup, who wanted to speak about self-care, who wanted to speak about fitness. We even have an upcoming episode on bullying. We have so many episodes, and that is from my inner circle. And networking is so important in our industry. And I get recommendations all the time. And I love that because I learn from every single person I talk with. Oh, me too. And on this podcast. So why not bring that to everyone? And you never know when you're going to inspire someone. So that's how that evolved. And I'm a great self-starter, great self-learner. So just, you know, of course, listening to you and other, you know, podcasters and doing research, um, and if you want to do a podcast out there, I just went on to Buzzsprout and Buzzsprout help, helps you start everything from that right there, helps get your feed started. And then right now I have like a simplistic website, but I'm growing that and hoping that'll be even a, a nicer website within the next few months. But start now if you want to do something like that. It's just baby steps and everything is great along the way, no matter how small or rather how large it's all about developing who you are. Absolutely. And, you know, we have so much in common. We're both from North Carolina. We Mm -hmm. both have lost our parents and we both started a podcast born out of a passion to serve and to help Mm -hmm. people. And I think a lot of people struggle sometimes to know what they want to talk about or like what the name should be if they have a topic. And I love how you reached out to your tribe. You're like, it doesn't, Mm -hmm. you don't have to have a big audience to reach out to your friends and, you know, colleagues and family members on Facebook or whatever social media you use and say, Hey, what am I good at? What do you love to learn from me? And they're like, you light up when you talk about this. You're like, okay, that's a topic. Mm -hmm. You can also say, Hey, I have three. I just did this in my Facebook group the other day. I said, Hey, I'm working on a course. Which subtitle do you like better? And there's a clear winner that everyone likes. And I was like, huh, like, I guess this is more appealing. So let other people tell you, you know, what you're good at. Let other people put in their opinion on names and such, because they may not be able to see it. So I love that strategy. It's a great one. Great place to start. sometimes it surprises you, doesn't it? I mean, what I think is fantastic. Everybody's like, no, that's not that great. (laughs) Right, right. I know. Okay. We'll talk about (laughs) that then. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'm really excited and I've got some great upcoming shows that really talk about, well, I have um, a two-parter on bullying and it's just really about healing that I'm Mm. excited about that's upcoming and some fitness tips from some great people because at all ages, we need to really take care of ourselves and even not everybody's plant-based like you and I are, I really do try to cover nutrition and making yeah. sure that's an important part of how you take care of yourself because you know that's really what it's all about is self-care, nutrition and and, and exercise and and love and yeah. your purpose. I could not agree more. We're on the same page about all the things. Well, yeah. Janice, where can everyone find you online, work with you if they need a coach? Listen to your podcast, stalk you on Instagram, give us the goods. Well, I it's very simple. It's all Beauty Call Podcasts. So on Facebook, on Instagram, it's Beauty Call Podcast. I also have a website at beautycallpodcast.com. And you can find my information and reach out to me there if you would like to coach with me or be on my show or have any kind of ideas. Even if, even if you just want to share your opinion and reach out to me and say hello, that's how you can find me. Food Heals Nation. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Janice that I pulled from the Food Heals VIP Club.
Food Heals Nation, you've heard me talk about Cured Nutrition. Now, they have so many products to help you, but let's talk about why it's important to buy from a company like Cured. All of their products are from hemp. Hemp is a bioaccumulator. What does that mean? That means it has the ability to absorb both the good and the bad from the air, water, and soil in which it's grown. That means it's absolutely vital. It's absolutely imperative to ensure that your CBD products come from organically grown hemp that can be traced back to a farm here in the U.S. In other words, don't buy your hemp products or your CBD products at the gas station. That's why I love Cured because their hemp is locally sourced from local farms in their own backyard. Pure Colorado grown bliss. Go to curednutrition.com slash foodheals and you can see all of my favorites. I recommend your daily dose bundle to help you feel like your best self throughout the day. This is a trinity of Cured's favorite products to improve focus and clarity, promote relaxation and sleep, and regulate the gut brain access. The Daily Dose Bundle comes with three of their products, their Rise, their Aura, and their Zen. You are going to feel so calm. You are going to have your mental clarity improved. You're going to have your digestion optimized, and it's just a way for you to feel good from sunrise to sunset with these healing herbs. Plus, when you buy a bundle, they already offer 20% off. Then you're getting the Food Heals discount of 20% off. What? So check that out. Again, it's all over at curednutrition.com slash food heals. So let me tell you about Rise, Aura, and Zen. Rise is taken in the morning for an extra pep in your step, but it is stimulant-free, so you can actually take it anytime that you need a cognitive boost. Then they've got Aura. Aura is the only product which they specifically recommend taking with food, whether it be a meal or a snack, but it can be taken any time of day that works with your schedule. Now Zen, that is for nighttime. You're going to take one to three capsules within 60 minutes of going to sleep. This will help you feel your best throughout your day and give you the best bang for your buck. Again, it's all over at curednutrition.com slash foodheals. Next up, my interview with Michael and Masha on minimalism. Welcome, Masha and Michael. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, we're happy to be here. I'm so happy that, you know, we could meet on the same time zone, even though we're in completely different places. That's always yeah, fun. It's great. <laughs> gotta, gotta love the internet. <laughs> it is the best. So tell us, where are you guys right now? We're in Canberra, Australia. Yeah, so those for those of you who may not know, that's actually the the capital of Australia. Um, I didn't so, know that. Yep, yeah. no, that's cool. <laughs> a lot of people think it's Sydney or Melbourne, but it's actually Canberra, yep. right in the yeah. middle. Yeah. And how long have you guys lived there? Um, I've lived here for, oh, how long now? 20 or 18 years, and Michael's been here. I've been here 27 years. So, wow. um, yeah, we grew up in, in Canberra. It's a small city. It's about almost 400,000 people. And uh, we actually grew up going to school together in high school. That's how we met. Yeah. You guys met in high school? How romantic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we didn't start dating in high school. Um, Marsha did have a, 
a crush on me then. Oh, you always yeah, I always, oh. always had to get that in. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's on the pod. You've got to get that in. Uh, but I, ended up, I ended up chasing her frantically in my 20s. So. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And is that when your passion for veganism and healthy eating began? Was it together? Did you come up with it separately? Did, did one of you suck the other one in? Yeah, How did yeah, it happen? Yeah. <laughs> it actually came much later on in our relationship, actually. So we became... First, we sort of introduced minimalism into our lives, which was through Michael. He first introduced it into our relationship. And then vegan was about six months later. So that was, what, four years for minimalism. And then I think August is when we'll be four years in veganism. So it was definitely a challenge for me with minimalism to begin with because I come from a very creative family and full of artists and the thought of, well, As most people have a misconception of what minimalism is, I was like, oh, my God, you want me to live in a white place with white furniture, no style, (laughs) throw all my things away, and I freaked out and I was like, no, thank you. But then once I started diving a little bit deeper into what it actually is, it really triggered so many other emotions and ways of living that I never thought was really on my agenda before that. So it's been a really amazing journey and I'm really grateful for for him finding out and, and bringing it into our lives. Yeah. The vegan part is Marsha has been vegetarian for most of her life. Her parents being vegetarian. I think it wasn't until we stumbled across a documentary called Earthlings. Um, yeah. Yeah, which maybe your audience is already aware of. But up until we watched that documentary, I was a heavy, heavy consumer of meat and animal products but after watching Joaquin Phoenix narrated and Moby do the background music and how they dissected animal cruelty, you know, across the pet industry, fashion, entertainment, animal testing, and of course, animal agriculture, we just made a really strong connection. I think for Marsha, it was already partway there with her background, but for me, it was a complete shift. Um, so we became vegan overnight together as a result. Wow, that's a vegan overnight success story that you don't hear very often. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. I think a lot of people struggle with it, but for us, you know, once you see those things, you can't unsee them. It was just like, yeah, we're going vegan straight away. So, and it was really lucky that we had each other for that support, which a lot of people don't get as well, being able to discuss things and cry about it and yeah. and get angry about it and all of those things so yeah we're really blessed to have each other yeah absolutely it's pretty cool when you live together and then you could just actually completely change what is in your fridge and pantry you know what type of clothes you have and you can do that together um, and you're completely aligned so it's kind of our little cheat code That's beautiful, you guys. And doing the minimalism thing at the same time too, can you define a little bit more about what minimalism is for our audience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I think, you know, one of the key chapters in our book is called something that we like to call the more virus. So particularly in our early 20s, we were caught up in this kind of virus where our whole society is basically conditioning us to want more. Okay, so success is purely based on how many cars you have, how big is your house, um, what type of clothes do you have, what type of job do you have, how many friends do you have, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. So when we came across a blog, I don't know if you're familiar with zenhabits.net. Yeah, so um, might be a good guest to get on the show potentially, but Leo Babauta is a single-owned blog that talks about Zen Buddhism and minimalism. 
And it was through reading how he transformed his life by pursuing less that it started to shift gears for us in our minds. So rather than defining our success about how much that we have, we started to become a lot more content with what we already have. But furthermore, we started to actively pursue less. And that gave us a lot of freedom because when you apply minimalism to your life, it challenges you to actually discover what is absolutely essential and important in your life. So you can actually pursue that. And then minimalism is the key to get rid of things around that. So you can do that in peace. And so as you were talking, I went to zenhabits.net and I've never seen a more minimalist website where it's just black. <laughs> it's black text on white. That's all it yeah. is. There's no pictures, yep. there's no ads. Oh like, my God. Yes. You're right. It is. Yep. Really is. <laughs> just the words. It's, it's, just, it's just the words. Exactly. So um, how does that emotionally, what is that like to go through to start to let go of these things and just shift your life in this way? Well, for us, it was more just thinking about how a lot of people end up being trapped in their own stuff and how, you know, sentimental Literally. things. Yeah. Die, dying from it. Sorry to interrupt you. Do you guys have the show's that we have like hoarders, like where people literally die or get trapped in their own yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty intense. Yeah. So it's kind of looking at all the different things that end up trapping you in this mind game of continuing to accumulate things and why you're not letting go of it. So it might be because it's a sentimental item because it's free or maybe out of guilt, someone's giving you something and you feel bad, like, oh, they won't see it next time they come to my house or someone else might end up using it later. So that's why you keep it. You know, I might give this to my mom when I'm done using it or to a relative that needs more of this kind of thing. And a lot of people don't get rid of things because they don't want it to go to waste or they don't know how to actually get rid of it. Or one day I might need that product instead of thinking outside the box and Getting back to using things as a community, you know, how many people actually ask their next door neighbor to borrow something? We don't need, right. for instance, men don't need sheds full of equipment that they'll only use once. Yeah, or they use for one project or for one job. Yeah. And then it just accumulates dust over the next 20 years. Rather than um, hiring yeah. it or borrowing it from a family member or from their next door neighbor, you know, that sort of sense of working together and, and asking for things rather than having to own it all is, um, is really interesting. Or like making that late night target run or that run to the hardware store every time you need something and then just building up more and more stuff, stuff, stuff. And that's where the culture seems to be. And you know, this whole throwaway society that we have these days where even with fashion, you know, it's, it's designed to be fast fashion. So you wear it for one season, not even a season, and it's actually made to fall apart pretty quickly so or the style becomes obsolete yeah so i think it's switching to slow fashion buying things that are made with organic materials or you know that you even get to see on the website or who made the product you know if it's made ethically sourced sustainably all those things and something that's not going to be out of season next month so i think it's really just shifting that mindset of everything that you have in your life and that's where veganism and minimalism comes together about conscious consuming as well it's kind of questioning and thinking about it all rather than just living and you know oh, i'll think about that later or i'll throw that out if i don't need it mentality yeah and i think a really good test for a lot of people listening to this is do yourself a favor and target a particular area in your house for example your home office 
this is a really fun game that the two guys at theminimalist.com talk about. But this is about taking all of the items in your office and putting them in another room and over the next couple months, only take out the things that you actually use. From that exercise, you'll see the things that you actually use on a regular basis and the things that you barely touch. Um, that's probably a really good identifier to some things that you can potentially pare down in your life. It's like the 80-20 rule, right? Like 80% of what's in our closet we don't wear. We only wear 20%. I think that was in one of the feng shui books. So it's figuring out what's in that 20% that you actually use and wear, and then you can get rid of 80% of the things that aren't working. There's the Marie Kondo book that talks about this. You know what I'm talking about, Susie? Yeah, right? that. I, yeah, I didn't yeah. know that statistic was in there. Oh, maybe it's from a different book. It might be another feng shui for... book, but she's the one that says, take something in your hand and ask if you feel joy around if it. If it inspires joy. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful because there's so much in this room right now. I'm looking around. We're in our podcast studio, which I love. And there's so much good energy here. There's a bunch of pillows on the couch. Maybe we don't need all them. Like not everything in this room inspires joy. I had trouble with that book though. Not only because my husband gave it to me for Valentine's Day. Okay. That's a big thing. <laughs> you, can laugh. you can laugh here. Go ahead. Everyone have a good laugh. I didn't. Not at the time. But um, <laughs> yeah. But what she said was like, and I totally get it. Like I was actually, no, there was a good long time. I couldn't afford to keep buying new clothes. So I'd only buy things I really liked or wouldn't buy on the spur of the moment. Like I was a starving artist. So I wasn't shopping as much as I normally probably would have if I had the funds to. And that kind of taught me a lesson. But what she did was, or in her book, she's like, take all of your clothing, all of it, and put it in a pile on the floor. And start going through it. And that by itself gave me anxiety. That's true. That's that can be a lot. And then already. And then I did start doing what she was, you know, proposing. And then afterwards, there were certain things I got rid of that did have maybe in the moment and spark joy. Like there was a it was a hard to it was hard to find that barometer because there were things that I got rid of that I was like, oh, you know what? I would have used that today. And maybe I didn't use it as often as she had said you have to, to in order to keep it. But I I don't know. I think it's a personal line because I did regret getting rid of some of the things that I used to have, but I do get it because I come from a, a family of my, my grandma, one of my grandmothers was a hoarder and it was a nightmare mm. to go to her house and see all of these boxed up antiques and yeah. fabrics and paintings and things that she did not need that were causing health problems actually. Wow. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. There's a lot of emotion there, I think. And it's, I don't know. I, I think for us, it's, if your why is strong enough, the actions will follow. But I just think as well that there's a lot of comfort in having more. Um, you know, it's a safety blanket in having more. Just um, in case. Just in case. But I think, you know, I don't know about you guys, but we see simplicity as this really beautiful thing, right? I think it's a. it seems like it's kind of attainable, but it's quite elusive and hard to get to. But I think when you start having the goal as simplicity, um, it starts to change the conversation. For example, when you talk about fashion, you know, as minimalist vegans, this is a huge pain point in our household. And I recently wrote an article about an argument of, to wear the same clothes every day. Now, a lot of people talk about Barack Obama and Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs as people who wore basically the same clothes every day to eliminate the amount of decisions that they had to make from a minimalist standpoint and a productivity standpoint. But when you actually look a bit further into some of this content that came out about Steve Jobs, it wasn't necessarily about decision fatigue as to why he wore black turtleneck and blue jeans every day. It was about him trying to become an icon, like a superhero. So we associate superheroes as people that wear the same clothes and they're iconic. 
Steve Jobs took the same approach to his personal attire and how he was trying to build the world's biggest tech company. So when I go back to fashion and, you know, I speak from a male perspective and I know Marshall and I have had many conversations over this, it's like, well, you know, if you look at a season and you say, well, what's actually my personal uniform as opposed to, oh, I need to pare down for the sake of it, but what do I want to represent in this world? And what type of clothes can I bring in to support that? And it might be multiple items of the same style, maybe in different colors. There's a bit of variety in there and that can change every season. But all of a sudden, this becomes more attractive rather than seeing it as something that's extremely restrictive. And less decision, you know, you don't get to decision fatigue every morning when you go and go, oh my God, what am I going to wear today? Yeah. It's the weather like, you know, all of those types of things. Yeah, but you also don't feel boring because you feel like, you know, you're representing something that you want to be in the world. And you feel good because you've picked out clothes that actually fit you, that don't need any mending that, that will last a while. How long did it take you to get to where you are? Because it can be emotional to let go of things. And, you know, we have those attachments to well, I may need it one day, or this is safety. And it's almost people, a lot of times on those shows that Susie mentioned earlier that are hoarders, it's like they're holding on because they may suffer from um, some sort of poverty mentality where they believe that they need it, you know, so that they can survive. And so how was it for you as you were slowly or maybe quickly getting rid of things? What was the emotional journey like? If I was to reflect, it was quite quickly, totally understand the the emotions around possessions. It's different but, for everyone. And it's, different, and it's different for everyone. I think for us, we're really fortunate because we moved a few times. As you move house, you know, I think everyone goes through a bit of a process about, oh, I need this, I don't need this. Or you might think, oh, you know, I'll fit all of this stuff in one car load. Yeah. <laughs> and you quickly <laughs> underestimate how many things you actually own once you start pulling them out of cupboards and putting them in boxes or just putting them directly into your car. But I think it was around the time that we became minimalist that we moved, I think, twice in one year yep. that actually helped us clarify and helped us to declutter and, and do all of those things. Yeah, and I think back to the your point about this emotion and sentimental items, we do still have a place in our house for that. We've got two small boxes each that we use purely for sentimental items in our lives that we've accumulated. Um, but everything else is basically on audition all the time um, as to whether it makes the cut. But I think we also don't want to mix up like spring cleaning and organizing with decluttering. Decluttering is a process that you do once and then you basically have the mindset to ensure that nothing else of in terms of clutter comes into your life. So it is a, a bit of a process that we did gradually. Sorry, Marsh wants to say something. I was just going to say because you know those set of questions that you ask yourself before you bring something new into your house, whereas before you did it a little bit mindlessly. So now you actually have conditioned your mindset to a different way of thinking to focus on, okay, well, do I actually really need this? You know, do I already have something that can do the same job or similar job at home? Or you end up bringing the main things that we bring into our house now is 90% of it is food. So, and we're big foodies and we, and that's, I guess, that's where our focus is in life. Most of the time, it just becomes a different set of questions and, and the way that you think about it before you were just kind of aimlessly 
gathering stuff. But do you remember how long it took us to actually get to that point? I think it was probably about six months because so minimalism to us is not just about physical possession. So that happened quite quickly. Like we broke up mm. room by room of the house. I didn't realize how much excess that we had in our kitchen with pots and pans and, and Breville makers and toast, like all these different unique equipment that we just didn't need. That was really quick to sort of get to that point. But we also went through a process with everything in terms of like friends, <laughs> as ruthless as it sounds, but we really assessed the people that we had around us. We assessed all of our commitments. We had different businesses back then that we'll, we were able to quit, um, you know, sporting commitments. Like we did this all within a couple months and it was quite drastic. And, and there was definitely, I know for me, those moments of, oh, did we go a bit hard on this? But honestly, we haven't really looked back. And what is decluttering and getting rid of whether it's physical things or whether it's people? Um, what does that do for your mental, emotional state? Freedom. Yeah, it actually helps you free up time for the things that you uh, that you care about, that you want to be, you know, whether you want to serve the world in many different ways. And if you want to be an activist, if you want to, I guess for us, it helped us to create more space for our blog to write content, to connect with people that are like-minded, to actually just take a breather, to meditate, to do all of those things that it was like, oh, I don't have time for that. It's really important to really work out for yourself, well, what do I actually want to get out of life, you know, and then focus on including more of those things. And that's why it was so much easier for us, I think, to eliminate other things because we were saying no to some things, but then we were saying yes to other things that we wanted to shape and create our lifestyle. Yeah, and I think, and again, the misconception of minimalism is that you pair down, pair down, pair down until you're on top of a mountain um, in baggy tracksuits meditating. It's actually about addition more than subtraction. And what I mean by that is minimalism calls you out on, like what Marsha said, what you really want in life. So do you want to take become a cook? Do you want to play an instrument? Do you want to become an entrepreneur? All these things that you may have dreams of doing, but there's so much stuff in your life that's suffocating you that you can't pursue it. It just makes you think about those things so you can really ruthlessly eliminate the rest so you can pursue that. Yeah, it really creates so much space, doesn't it? I remember like I compare it now, like I used to get a rush from shopping and bringing in new things. And then when I started learning about feng shui and about the power of getting rid of things and how it could create more space for not physical things, but for things I could create in the world. And now I get a rush from bringing things to goodwill or for letting go of things. And I'm like, why do I still have this? I, I have no need for this. And it really feels good. And just creating that space is so powerful. And then the same thing with working. It's like, I'm at a point now where I work primarily 85 to 90% from my home. And if I if I'm sometimes I'm working in my living room, sometimes I'm working in my office and wherever I am, if there's clutter or if it's messy, I find my mind cluttered. I find myself less able to focus and the less stuff that's in the room and more that I can clean it up, the more that I can actually create. And I didn't realize that for a long time because I thought, oh, it doesn't matter. It's a little messy while I'm working, but it, it does. And it's so interesting. I can totally relate to that. <laughs> I'm one of those people that I need a completely clean and tidy space. I don't know if it's, I always used to think, oh, it's just me, but I've connected with other people <laughs> that feel the same way yeah. over the years. But, you know, 
like if the kitchen's messy, I can't do any work. Like I don't know if it's an <laughs> obsessive compulsive disorder a little bit, but I find that if the space is clean and tidy, I can actually get so much more done. Um, and the less stuff that you have to tidy, to clean, to dust, to move around, all of that sort of stuff, the more time that you can pursue doing the things that you want in life. Yes, that's such a good point. So um, let's talk about your book. Tell us about The Minimalist Vegan. Yeah, so uh, to to give you a bit of context, uh, we've been writing on our blog for for three years with the same title, theminimalistvegan.com. And the book is really a manifesto of all of those ideas over the last couple of years. It's a why to book of why to live with less stuff and more compassion. So why I say it's a why to book, it's because, you know, when you hear about our story, a lot of minimalism and veganism concepts have come with a huge mental shift. And it's been very easy for us to take action as a result. Uh, rather than doing it the other way around um, and trying to transition into veganism and minimalism without having a really strong core why. Um, So the book is broken up into chapters with particular themes about mindset um, as it relates to both. So that's pretty much what it's about. Beautiful. And so do you have any more books in you, more stuff to look forward yeah. to? <laughs> well, we might even, we've been talking even lately of, of topics going, oh, how, how did we not cover this in the book? So there might be an updated version of it or probably the next one would probably be a cookbook and a course. And But yeah, we've definitely got other books in the pipeline. Yeah, will come out in the next few years. Definitely the cookbook would be, I think, for Marsha as well. Do you want to tell them a little bit about what your ideas are for your cookbook? Yeah, so I grew up the first eight years of my life. I grew up in Slovenia, in Ljubljana, which is the capital. And when Michael and I were traveling to Europe a few years ago, we were already vegan at that point. And we found it pretty tricky to find places to eat. And we visited my hometown and Michael fell in love with the place. And there was a few, they actually had more vegan options than we do back here. And it's about the same population over there. I wanted to sort of marry, and I haven't seen a book of this kind. I wanted to marry sort of Eastern European, but because my parents are Serbian and Croatian, sort of ex-Yugoslav recipes, traditional recipes and veganize them. So making the foods that I guess I grew up with eating, the cakes, my mom used to bake cakes pretty much every day when I was little and just making them vegan. But if I can make it a more of a healthier twist on them as well, but still have the taste and the flavors coming through there. So that's kind of the idea that I have behind creating something. So you guys are a married couple and you run a business together. How the F do you do that? <laughs> it takes patience. We yell at each other sometimes. But at the, at the end of the day, we're still on the same page, which is really great. I think we're very fortunate to most of the time align with the message. And the, I guess the biggest challenge for us is sometimes Michael's a really he has a much more entrepreneurial mind than I do. And he's more of a visionary and thinks long-term. Whereas for me, I'm like, let's just get through the week. (laughs) Then we can focus (laughs) on other stuff later on. Yeah. I think it comes with its challenges, but we honestly wouldn't have it any other way because we align in so many different ways that, you know, it's, it's just a pleasure to work together as well. You know, the more that you work together, the more you identify what your strengths are and how you can complement. And lucky we've got complementary skills. I mean, Marsha's a photographer by trade and she can design stuff. And obviously she's a great cook and she really likes talking about some of the topics we talk about. So creatively, I don't contribute that much, but I do have a bit more technical know-how with the back end of websites and 
um, I love really going deep in some of these topics. So it just, it just worked out that things were complementary. And like what we talk about on our website and our book are the things that we live out every day. So it's really, it's a blurred line between business and personal for us. And Masha, do you take those beautiful pictures on Instagram? All the food, yes, but some of the other All ones. the food, I know. Yeah. My mouth is watering for some of these right now. Because <laughs> I studied photography and at that point in time I wanted to be a food and travel photographer and it was really difficult to stay here and, and do that type of work. So I had a portrait business because that was sort of the best way to make money and then four years later I decided that it didn't feel like it was completing me and that I was doing the work that I should be in this world. And so it's kind of come full circle that now I'm, I'm doing food photography again, which is what I initially wanted to do. I have a question for you guys. Do you guys take a minimalist approach to social media as well? We try to. I mean, I, I think for us, because I mainly look after the social media stuff, I only post when I have something to post and I don't need to be posting every day three times, you know, just to to get content up. So sometimes we won't post. for. So you don't have a set rule. Like I have to post twice a day or, you know, once every three days. Yeah. You just do it when you're inspired. And and we have something to say, you know, I don't, I, there's so much on social media that, that feels a little bit forced and that doesn't, to me, I, I sort of have this filter of it doesn't feel genuine. Don't post it. And just because you feel like you need to post for us, it's the opposite. We do I guess, have a minimalist approach to it. So yeah, It's really interesting when you talk about minimalism and running a business and I've, you guys probably go through this as well, but like we literally wrote a post earlier this week called Minimalist Blogging. And what that meant is when we first launched a blog, we were pretty regimented in publishing two posts a week, like recipe lifestyle, recipe lifestyle, recipe lifestyle. And now when we review our content, it's not so much about the schedule, although that's great. I think you need that so the audience can build some sort of dependency on that. But minimalist blogging for us is really about looking at our archives and creating the best archives that we can. And that means going for quality over quantity. So it's really about, we've even gone back and deleted the posts or we've updated them. We, you know, when we write now, we want it to be the best content that we can possibly put out, but we're not putting it out as consistently, but we feel so much better with the body of work as a result. I could not agree more. And there have been times where I've beat myself up because a podcast episode has gone up late or we had to skip a week, but it was because the content was more important than the consistency. And I do believe in consistency, obviously, when building a brand, but the content is king, you know, and if it's not what you can 100% stand behind, then it's like, what is the point of getting it out just to get it out there? And you can see people that do that and it feels false and it feels inauthentic. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you guys are super authentic and I can clearly see that from all the work that you do. Thanks. So tell everyone where they can find you online and about your store, your book, your website, your social media handles, all that good stuff. So we, our website's theminimalistvegan.com and on social media, it's the same. We're on Instagram and Facebook by the same names. And the, on our blog, The Minimalist Vegan, we do offer, we've created a free cookbook to have an introduction to plant-based living. I mean, that's available if you join our Slow Sunday Mornings newsletter. Our book's available at pretty much all yeah. main online bookstores and even you might find it in physical stores as well yeah well thank you guys so much for being uh being here and talking to us thank you so much for having us it's been really great fun 
All right, if you want to hear the full episode with Michael and Masha, go back to episode 221 of Food Heals. Food Heals Nation, I love beauty products as much as the next girl, and I know if you're like me, you're looking for high-performance beauty and skincare products made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. I love everything vegan. I love everything cruelty-free, especially just watching... Everything in the news going on with beagles these days, you know, they are an animal that many companies test on, which breaks my heart because I've had beagles my whole life, first Charlotte, then Lily. And so when I'm looking at products, I got to know that they are cruelty free. That is why I love Thrive Cosmetics. And Cause, C-A-U-S-E, is in the name for a reason, because every purchase supports organizations that help communities thrive. So... I'm kind of a minimalist when it comes to makeup, but I love long, luscious eyelashes. And that's why I'm really obsessed with the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. This mascara is their best-selling product. It has over 20,000 five-star reviews. It's super lengthening. It kind of looks like you're wearing um, lash extensions. Um, It really opens your eyes and makes them pop. It lasts all day. There's no clumping, no smudging, no flaking, no dripping down your face. You know, I live in Nashville heat. It's super humid here. And there are some makeup brands that I cannot wear here because the humidity liquefies them and then makes me look like a, you know, not, it's not cute. Let's just say that. So thank God for Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara by Thrive Cosmetics. And if you're not an eyelash girl, I definitely also recommend checking out some of their other products like the Liquid Balm Lip Treatment. This is a lip serum that you leave on and it nourishes and restores dull, dehydrated lips, makes them plump and smooth and glossy, and it helps with fine lines for soft, supple lips. They've also got the beautiful Brilliant Eye Brightener, which is a cream to powder highlighting stick that brightens and opens up the eyes, giving you an instant eye lift. Helps you look like you've had plenty of restful sleep, even if you haven't. So if you want to glow, get your glow on. Go to thrivecosmetics.com slash foodheals and you'll get 15% off your first order. It's a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. And don't forget about their bigger than beauty mission for every product purchase. Thrive Cosmetics donates to help communities thrive. And they have over 300 giving partners across the country supporting causes that matter. So again, go to Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-S dot com slash food heals and get 15% off your first order. All right, Food Heals Nation, I hope you enjoyed that series. I loved putting this together because every time I listen to these interviews, I remember more and more things. I learn more and more things and I implement more and more things. So if you're ready to implement, hit me up. I would love to hear from you. What were your takeaways on detoxing and decluttering your home, your body, your skin, your hair, all of the things? I would love to hear from you. Reach out to me anytime on Instagram at Allison Melody TV or at Food Heals Nation. And as always, the email is info at foodhealsnation.com. Now that inbox gets a little crazy. So uh, social media is probably the fastest way, but I do love hearing from you anytime. All right, Food Heals Nation, see you next time and cheers to your good health.
These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately. 